All right, everybody, please rise for the Sunnyvale Pledge of Allegiance. Place your right hand over your heart and repeat after me. Sometimes she goes, sometimes she doesn't. <laughs> That's just the way she goes. Welcome, boys and ghouls, to another episode of Halloween is Forever. We got another motherfucking mini-sode on the docket for you today. How is everyone doing? Uh, I am Brian. I'm Meg. I'm Steve. How you guys doing today? Doing good? Oh, yes. living large, bro. Oh, yeah. We watched <laughs> a little Netflix horror, puts you in a puts you in an upbeat mood. Um referencing I think, you know, this is gonna go down in history. I assume someday they'll write about this in the history books. That was our first ever trailer park voice <laughs> reference. On the podcast, I assume once first of many. I can't believe we haven't already. Um, but uh, did it? Did you guys, as we're watching, uh, spoiler alert, we're gonna talking about Fear Street, uh, the Netflix um, horror trilogy. I don't know series yeah. of series of films that are being released uh, week over week here in uh, July of 2021. We're just gonna talk about the first two ones here, but one of the um, the kind of rival towns is Sunnyvale. Did anyone else immediately think of Trailer Park Boys every fucking time you heard Sunnyvale? I, it, honestly, it didn't hit me till just now. Really? But yeah. I couldn't stop hearing it every single time. <laughs> I just thought, well, you know, welcome to Sunnyvale every single time. But um, I, I was a bit too distracted by Shady Side because then you start thinking about how they talk about Shady Side and then knowing. Yeah the pittsburgh shady side we have a neighborhood and I'm yeah, like, yeah yeah no they talk about shady side people like they're trash and i'm like oh wait no i guess yeah no i guess they're right yeah it's <laughs> it's, a, it's a complete reverse of what we know <laughs> yeah. because the shady side people are trash and the sunnyvale Boom. people are the the, the, the upper yeah echelon. and in in pittsburgh <laughs> yeah. shady side's like a fairly upscale neighborhood oh, right bougie as fuck <laughs> bougie yeah. as hell. there's like probably a lululemon there if or something like it oh there's several there is a lululemon Lemon on every corner, like their goddamn Starbucks in the Shady Side. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. I haven't been to Shady Side in a fucking year. Uh, but in any case, uh, we are going to talk about the first two installments of the Netflix horror trilogy, Ear Street. Um, but before we do that, um, we got some, we got a few little ores of business here to discuss. The first one is, uh, Yin's got some beerses or no? I got beerses. What's your beerses? I got appropriate beerses. Oh yeah, but my beers is is, is the Axe Man by oh, uh, Surly Brewing. That is uh, Todd Todd the Axe Man. Yeah, yeah that's Todd a, the Axe Man. I remember that's the first time I had awesome. that beer. It was at the brewery in, in Minneapolis, and that, that blew that beer blew me the fuck away. That is such a good beer. I haven't had it in years, but um, I remember when they first started canning it. That was when I lived in Wisconsin, and I could get it at like the Woodman's up the street, and I was cranking through some four packs of that thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, this is my this is the way I'm marrying this podcast with Hop Nation USA because on the last episode we had David Paul Seymour, the artist for um, the artist for Burial, but yeah. he was going on and on about how much he loves Surly, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, like he loves you know Todd who does all the. Uh, metal guitaring and such yeah, for yeah. uh i think the band is power mad mm, that oh, sounds right. todd's at three floyds now yeah because 
Power Mad did a, a yeah. collaboration with Three Floyds. Oh, so, I didn't know he was at Three. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, this is my marrying, and then obviously Todd the Axe Man is a reference to Tommy the Axe Man, which we'll be talking about later yeah. this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Marry um, my universes. <laughs> you did. My God. Just a, a, a twisted web you weave, Steve. Uh, what are you drinking, Meg? Like, I don't know. <laughs> so, guys, I was prepared. I told okay. you what I started drinking. Oh, okay, I'm okay. going I'm going full summer mode. You know, yeah. we're talking about summer camp in at least half of this episode. So I am starting off with a truly original lemonade because you know what? I need my boozy lemonade. But I did grab from the stockpile. It's called Ice Cream Paint Job. Let me see. It's by Divine Barrel Brewing, and it's a Berliner Ice that was brewed with tangerine, cocoa nibs, vanilla, and lactose. Ooh. Hmm. Um, it sounds like, you know, just like a nice, tasty ice cream treat, and I felt like it was appropriate. Hmm. Very um, nice dessert. Very nice dessert beer. Um, oh, yeah. I did a similar thing as you, Meg. I um, <laughs> finished work late and was pressed for time, you know, trying to trying to get ready to record here. And I just slammed me one of these here. I don't know if you've heard of it. I think it's a new beer on the streets here. It's called uh, Miller Genuine <laughs> Draft. Uh, I slammed me one of those, which uh, which got me got me nice and, and lubricated for for the podcast. And now I am opening. Actually, here, let's see if we can hear it. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> I am drinking so a little Vedette uh, Extra White uh, by uh, Duval. This is Duval's uh, Wit Beer, and uh, goddamn, it's a good one. And I haven't seen it in bottles in a while. And uh, yeah, I saw it at uh, Vintage Estates in in beautiful Ooh. Boardman, Ohio. I was out Hell that way, yeah. stopped, and they have a, a they have a bunch of crazy like imports and stuff that you don't really see that often and just an overall pretty rad selection. Um, mm -hmm. So I got me got me a couple of them. A couple, I'm two, so three of them. jazzed to be moving like closer to them. Holy shit. Also, yeah. <laughs> shout out their food's also delicious. Yeah, pizza. It's been a while since I've eaten there, but I do remember really liking the pizza. Mm -hmm. And uh, man, that was like, that was a, that's a coming of age tale for me. We, you know, I went to, undergrad at uh ysu so we lived there man nice. and, and that was nice. like a two owners ago but he was he was you know pretty pretty cool about um you know letting us buy beers when we were definitely not <laughs> but he knew we weren't uh this guy is way he's way he's retired out of the business was a couple owners ago but he knew we were there because we love beer not necessarily because we were you know spending twenty dollars a six pack to get hammered you know we could yeah. we had natty, natty light for that um so he was cool about it and was like that place was not to overstate it but instrumental in my uh kind of oh, beer yeah. journey yeah if uh if there was ever a place i was to conduct a heist in the local <laughs> area that would be one the uh the one of the current guys that i believe he's the owner but he was telling me about like all of the kegs they have in the back Oh, they, they, they probably have some wild stuff in there, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, he's telling me they have, like, a keg of uh, Avery Uncle Jacob. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, like, wow, I forgot that like, beer existed. You're going to get robbed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will can, rob you. <laughs> I, have to, I have to at least, I um, have come to, like, slightly, like, love that area for beer. Um, there's another really cool spot that I love going to called Westside Bowl, where it's it also, mm -hmm. like, the dingiest, oh, yeah. slightly divey uh, bowling alley 
venue, but they always have amazing like local craft beer on tap. But then you can also get like, you know, Jenny Cream Ale and stuff like that, which is dope. Right. But it's like such a cool vibe. I like literally I think about their chicken wings a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so shout out to I don't know, Youngstown Boardman, man. Yeah. They're figuring it out. Have you have you done Suzy Q's dogs as well? No. Ooh. Oh, yeah. ho, ho, put it on the list, it's man. A, it basically it's like burgatory where you build your own hot dog. Yeah. And then they have craft as well. So Oh shit. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Shout out to uh to the Youngstown Boardman, Mahoning uh Valley area. Uh there's some cool stuff over there. Cool stuff over there. Um in any case, um Oh, the next thing we should probably talk about before we jump into the movie, some exciting news about our next main episode. For those of you who are just tuning in for the first time, um, we do once a month a big old main episode. That's, you know, we take a couple hours, sometimes even more than that, and we talk about uh, a few of our uh, favorite movies that pertain to a particular sh- subgenre. So we we require uh, some a little bit of help from from the listeners, from our social media friends to help us out in picking a subgenre uh, that we pick that we kind of uh, assign as the topic of the episode, and each each one of us picks a movie, and then we kind of argue uh, and and piss each other off about what uh, what movie uh, should be the winner and, and what deserves to reign supreme. So um, and then we do mini episodes every week. Now uh, we we do the little little Instagram slash Twitter slash Facebook poll and we announced the topics, the potential topics in the last mini-sode, put out that poll over the last couple of days. Um, and just to remind you, the three potential topics we had were um, the game show, which was anything with like a game or contest associated with it, any film that has some of those as an element, uh, Halloween episodes of, of sitcoms, uh, and then we had time travel. And uh, no surprise, based on the name of our podcast, the Halloween uh, sitcom episodes dominated, <laughs> ran away <laughs> with it. But I'll tell you what, we had well over 120 uh, uh, votes on there. Um, so that was pretty awesome just from kind of popping in the Instagram uh, Instagram story. So thank you if you voted. And thank you for people who continue to send us um, suggestions for for es- for uh, uh, episode topics to, to add to our kind of rotating pool that we pull from. Um, and just thank you for everybody who's following us on social media. Uh, we've had a huge influx of, uh, of followers on social media in recent weeks, and it's been absolutely awesome. And people making a lot of really cool comments on there and reaching out about liking the show. So this has been, uh, uh, frankly, very surprising and pleasantly, <laughs> pleasantly so that so many people have, have kind of been engaging there. But um, so once again, if you don't follow us already, Instagram, we are at Halloween is forever. Twitter, we are at Hallow forever. Um, and then uh, Halloween is forever podcast on Facebook page. And then if you want to shoot us one of them old fashioned emails, go ahead and uh, send us an, an one over at uh, Halloween is forever pod at gmail.com. So that means our next main episode, which will come out that first week in August, will be our favorite sitcom Halloween episodes, which I'm pretty psyched about. And I've already kind of got narrowed down to like two or three. So um, I'm, I'm, that, that should be a super fun one. I just um, hope you know I'm coming for you. Yeah, listen. I'm fucking coming. Listen, I got a couple. I got a couple that you might not know about. Everyone knows about Roseanne. Everyone knows about, you Uh-oh. know, some of the big ones. I've got a I've got a sleeper 
that I think uh, is gonna is gonna. I'm I'm, try, I'm trying to decide whether I play it safe or whether I go with a with a with a dark horse pick. We shall see. And just to clarify, so in our conversation earlier, we're gonna avoid cartoons, but we want specifically just like sitcoms, like real people, like that's yes. where we're going to. That Word. is important to clarify. All Good right. point. Yes, because we were talking about some like King of the Hills got some great ones. Obviously, mm-hmm. the Simpson ones are, are huge. Yeah. Um, we're talking specifically about um, about sitcom, like live. You know, it doesn't have to be live, but you get what I mean. Like real people, sitcom uh, episodes. We hear leading up to the episode recorded in front of a live audience. That's yeah. all you need. To, that's, that's the criteria. <laughs> that's a plus. Uh, it will be scored accordingly. But yeah, we're going to do a I, I would love to do a whole different one on on uh, on Halloween uh, cartoons. Oh, yeah. Uh, and and f- I mean, we could probably do a whole one on just Nicktoons. Uh, personally, oh that's a big. F- we could do a whole one on Treehouse of Horror. That's true There's too. Like yeah, thirty plus. Of yeah, those? you're right. There could Damn. be a whole Treehouse of Horror one easily. We could do a whole fucking podcast on that probably. So, in any case, uh, excited for that one here in a couple of weeks. But in the meantime, we are going to talk about Fear Street, the first two installments of that. So. Fear Street Part 1, 1994, and Fear Street Part 2, 1978. I'll do this first. I'll throw out, first of all, a spoiler alert, because we are going to spoil the shit out of these movies. So if you haven't seen them, uh, maybe pause, go watch two movies back to back, and then come back and listen to us. But uh, we are going to spoil the hell out of them. So just giving you some fair warning there. But here is uh, a a little kind of... IMDb plot synopsis that I wanted to throw out there early on. Um, so Sarah Fear was a witch that was hanged in the seven. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, that's not, this is not a plot synopsis. This is just literally my synopsis. So I should specify <laughs> that. Usually I put the plot synopsis in here, but we're talking about two movies. So I was just like, here's a little bit of background. Like this is what these films, I guess, encompass. So Sarah Fear, she was this witch that was hanged in the 17th century. She put some sort of curse on this town of Shadyside. Uh, and every few decades, someone is possessed and goes on a killing spree. Uh, and then, you know, this kind of, perpetually is her getting her revenge on the town by, you know, terrorizing the descendants that 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 killed her, right? That's kind of like mm-hmm. overall what we're trying to accomplish. 1994 um, starts off, you don't really know any of that, right? So, uh, so it just kind of starts off uh, very scream-like. Did, did everyone else get like some strong scream vibes early in this yeah. film, especially? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I saw a lot of that online as well. Yeah. Like, and I was like, yeah, it's a scream. <laughs> I mean, I, when I watched it, I, you know, of course you're watching something, you feel like you're very clever, and then you go and you're like, no, everyone else noticed this as well. But <laughs> <laughs> they, I actually saw somebody put the first kill, um, which um, the the actress's name is... Uh, Maya Hawk. Maya Hawk, yeah, because mm-hmm. she's Ethan Hawk and... He's he, Uma, Uma Thurman. Thurman, yeah, e- Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman's daughter. So she's, she's a kind- genetic lottery, is what she is. <laughs> she really is, <laughs> Jesus Christ. So she, she, she is, you know, a name right off the bat, and it was very much paying homage to Scream with obviously the Drew Barrymore scene at the beginning. She was a big name, and then she got killed off in the first few minutes. Which, if you really uh, want to dig back, is is an homage to Psycho, right? Hitchcock's mm-hmm. Psycho, and uh, and, and Janet Lee you know, getting getting killed off early in that movie. But not only that, the scene in which she's she's initially stabbed is almost a, a, a perfectly framed reshoot 
of of the scene in which Drew Barrymore gets stabbed, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I saw people put it side by side, and it's it's obviously an homage. It's you yeah, know, yeah. so right. The movie is full of it. Yeah. yeah. At the same time, it's also an homage to Stranger Things because mm-hmm. it's in a nineteen. You know, it's in a mall, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and it's Maya Hawk, and she was working at the mall yeah. in Stranger sure, Things yeah. season three. That's so true yeah. too. It's kind, of, yeah. it's kind of a marry of both. Yeah, this has, I mean, no surprise here. Not just because it's Netflix, um, and and this is interesting. I heard a lot of people, you know, telling stories about like the development of this series, and it was supposed to be this, it was supposed to be that. It was like sold to Fox, and then they sold to another company who got bought. All this kind of acquisition stuff. But I have a very hard time believing that this wasn't destined for Netflix from the beginning. Like it has yeah. a very <laughs> Netflix vibe, very Stranger Things vibe. And then I learned just kind of poking around online that um, Lee Janiak, who's the um, the director, she directed both both films, all three films. Um, she's married to one of the Duffer brothers. So oh. so sure. so it's like I mean. Give me a break. Don't don't tell me because I, I read this thing about like, oh, it was supposed to be optioned here and then it was going to be this and it was going to be that. And it was like, no, this this was born and bred for Netflix for, for yeah. sure. Can we, can we be clear that like I feel like it was born for Netflix is the same thing as like a made for TV movie. Like, for it's our generation, a little bit, you know? but just with higher production value. Yeah, that's actually they, true. Just, just that's a little higher. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I feel like that's our modern day. Yeah, but I could definitely see it for sure. Yeah, it's, it's just a little bit more, but they still can't afford like the huge CGI render farms from, you know, other countries that like Marvel does. Right, right. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I couldn't have imagined because I saw that they wanted to do them like each month when they initially released them that I was like, there's no way I would have probably come back. I would have waited for them all to come out. Sorry, spoiler for that. Um, But uh, yeah, definitely did not come across to me like, a, you know, hey, I'm going to AMC and getting some butter popcorn for this. I know. I read that as well, that they were supposed to be released in theaters each consecutive month. Uh, Certainly not. the. I I think this was super smart the way they ended up doing it releasing consecutive weeks because yeah spoiler alert to how i feel about it um (laughs) i went in with super low expectations and 1994 exceeded those and so i went in with kind of high x higher expectations for 78 and we're a little disappointed Mm -hmm. but i will still watch 1666 because i've watched the first two and it's free and it's fucking on netflix what the hell you know it's not not free and i already have a subscription I do enjoy the fact that it does kind of go backwards in a lot of ways because I feel like mm. you don't always see that type of trajectory. But mm. 1666 kind of looks interesting and dope in a witch vibe. Yes, it definitely. They were definitely. Uh, I'm, I'm interested to see what they kind of bite off of, you know, with this one, because yeah. obviously the first one was paid a ton ton of homage to Scream. The second, 1978, which we'll get into, paid a ton of homage to the Friday the 13th franchise, specifically, like, I guess, some of the early movies. Um, But uh, I'm interested to see kind of where that that goes in terms of the influence for 1666. Mm -hmm. And, And here's the other thing. The, this is something that I saw people online raving about that, frankly was kind of lukewarm for me and felt pretty ham-fisted, which was all the the quick cut music cues from the from the era. Oh, mm. yeah. People were going nuts about this. And listen, I'm not trying to yuck anyone's yum here. Like if you love you yes, there's a nostalgic element and listen, I was 
1994 i was freaking you know eight nine years old so i i you know i i definitely know all the all the uh those songs and have some nostalgic feelings about them but like they didn't really tie into any in any meaningful way to a part of the movie no right. i think i think it just all just definitely hits on they're trying to set the scene for the time of year so that you can kind of feel go back to that and i don't yeah. even know if like their audience though would have picked up on that or they would have picked up on it in a very um surface level way like mm. oh yeah my mom who grew up in the fucking 90s because i'm sure people watching it were, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Grew up in the 90s uh listen to soundgarden and nine inch nails and all that shit too but i feel like it was it was solely just to create that perception of that time frame that i also being a music fan being in my 30s i'm like you guys still fucked up, but it's fine. Yeah, it's just like it felt like just this iPod shuffle. I think somebody yeah. somebody kind of described it that way. I'm taking that from somebody, but somebody said like it just sounded like an iPod shuffle from the mid '90s instead of like let's put a uh, a, a movie. In. You know, I, I, again, I'm not trying to. De- compare this to you know platoon or something like that but think about the use of of music and those types of that that is of the area in those types of movies and it's during an iconic scene it's this just felt like it was uh the only way they can reinforce this happened during this time frame because otherwise it would have no time tie to that time right forced is probably the good word to use just forced yeah. it's yeah. very forced so and it's interesting though because like one of the very first ones that you get hit with is more human than human uh by white zombie and that one actually works because it's tied to the character of josh who's like a he's a little metalhead nerd yeah Mm -hmm. you know hanging out in basements so it makes sense that he's actually you know it, it works partially as diegetic sound because he's listening to more human than human as he surfs the net and talks with his serial killer friend yeah you know (laughs) on aol right right but but then but then yeah the rest of them they just get hammered in there like you know square peg in a round hole Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and actually (laughs) more human than human didn't come out till 1995 (laughs) and later on i heard a couple of those that's the shit that i was like i wasn't gonna totally call out but yeah so that's why i was like they they fucked up yeah. And Firestarter, which is uh, by the Prodigy, which is used later, doesn't come out till 1996. Yeah, and I think you like people, bastards. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like people our age um, were like excited to have like a new slasher summer type film, and mm-hmm. then like, but at the same time, because we grew up in those eras, we're like, nah, brah, like, yeah, do better. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the one thing I I want to like kind of praise this film and series so far is jumping back to that first kill Mm -hmm. it's incredibly brutal yeah so i i it's it was strange for me to hear people's takes because as i was watching you know i was posting stuff on like the instagram account and just you know doing millennial shit on there and it was like (laughs) so many people's the comments were so polarized surprisingly Mm. i thought everyone would kind of be lukewarm on the whole thing it Mm -hmm. was either this is a modern slasher masterpiece or fuck this i want it to burn you know what i mean it was so it was so there was nothing in between it was so bizarre yeah i and it's funny because i feel like we're all kind of in the middle like I really enjoyed like the brutality yeah. that surprised me. Yeah. Well, that was yeah. And and sorry, I I I kind of got off on of my my uh, thought there, but like people were saying, 
oh, this is some CGI WB young teen adult bullshit or like, wow, this is surprisingly brutal. And what I thought was this is kind of surprisingly brutal, like the stabs, the multiple um after the initial like attack it wasn't just like the boom stab you're dead it's like i'm gonna sit there and pound a knife into your corpse like it was really i felt fairly fairly brutal in that way even with you know a lot of kind of you know you know quick cutish uh cgi type of stuff a lot of the Mm -hmm. kills i thought they did a pretty good job of of making them pretty brutal other ones it did have that cgi violence where it felt like there's no resistance like there's someone just like sliding a knife into butter or something right um so they weren't all perfect but there were some of them i was like at the end of 78 so yeah. some pretty pretty brutal that was, stuff that was incredibly brutal because yeah. they're like she one girl's getting hit with an axe the other girl's getting stabbed yeah, yeah. and I, I yeah, wanna, it was rough <laughs> i really wanted to back it up just slightly to one of the other that because that was one of my takeaways too was like when um i was trying to find her character's name because i'm forgetting it but it was uh julia uh raywald um she was like that girl that sold the drugs what was her name Kate, katie i think maybe her yeah katie? her death I literally had to pause yeah. and be like, oh, fucking damn, you're going through a bread slicer. Yeah, I love the yeah. bread slicer. I also, people so online perfect. were like, they put her through a meat grinder. I'm like, bitch, <laughs> no. you never worked at a fucking grocery store. They never worked be- anywhere. Because that ain't a meat slicer. That's a bread slicer, you bitch. <laughs> You've never hung out at Foodland or Shop and Save. <laughs> you Wait, have man. never worked at Save-A-Lot. I worked at Save-A-Lot. <laughs> I totally thought that somehow it was going to be reversed and like she would have like put um, because I think the guy killing her was the original mall killer. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, yeah, no, she's totally going to do it. She's going to like be badass. And then I saw that because I feel like in 94, her death out of that group of friends was like the first. Mm -hmm. And so you're just like, I'm waiting for them to be like the badass heroes right now. Mm -hmm. But because of this curse on this town no no one's gonna survive and yeah. i kind of liked that aspect of the film as yeah, well anybody can die at any time i i yeah. I, I definitely appreciate that in in movies and in, in horror movies in general and especially mm-hmm. slasher movies like oh, i yeah. hate when you know you can tell this person's not going to die they're safe because it right. just takes a lot of suspense and, and this like you, you yeah you you her and then the other guy who I'm forgetting who was the uh, the pound town the guy who made the comment about going to pound town that was, that was, that was a pretty good I, I got a little <laughs> chuckle out of that he also obviously got a, a very abrupt axe to the head kind oh, of reminded yeah, me Steve ta- of, I think it was her co-pilot or whatever reminded me Steve yeah. of the kill from uh, No One Sleeps in the Woods tonight that we were talking about it was mm-hmm. just like super sudden completely out of like, nowhere, yeah. out of nowhere. I, I can appreciate those mm-hmm. but yeah what what did you guys think of the character of Simon? Because it seemed kind of weird to me. Like he, on the one hand, he's into selling drugs, mm-hmm. and he's he dresses mostly kind of like uh, punk for the de- decade. Yeah, mm-hmm. almost also, greaser, he, straight edge punk yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, rockabilly, rockabilly. Oh almost. yeah, he did have a bit of a rock because he did have like. Yeah, the cuffed sleeves with the cigarette in the sleeve almost type of thing. Yeah. I don't know if I'm imagining yeah. that or if that was actually it's, it's, a reality. Yeah, it's like rockabilly grunge. So yeah, yeah. Sure well, sure. I feel like but, it's like it's pretty natural. Like he goes to Reverend Horton Heat concerts for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> we would have been best friends. Uh, well, I think about it, it's like we want to put these people into characters that like fit certain roles that we're used to. Mm. Whereas I can I can definitely agree. He came off to me as a weird character as well because I didn't really know where to put him. I almost think of him as like this like angel figure where he's always just kind of comforting people mm-hmm. along yeah. the way. And sorry if I'm getting even like deeper on it than I really even You're definitely need going to. deeper than I was. This yeah. isn't mother. I, I know you want this to be mother. It is not mother. The, the, I was only going that it seemed weird that he was a Reverend Horton Heat fan, but also he had a lot of school spirit. <laughs> he and, did have a lot of school spirit. That threw and me off. He was employee of the month multiple times yeah, over. Every, yeah, every I liked that. Month. He was a complete. I actually liked it. So so yeah, he was he was the very quirky complex character that you don't where like he's this kind of counterculture type of like I don't know if it I don't know I don't recall if they actually said that he was that he was gay or, or anything like that I don't know if they called well, he, it out he did he did kind of chase after the one uh the one dead chick did he yeah yeah, I just for whatever reason got this idea that he was kind of like um, again I don't know, say he, going back kind to of thing, the, right? Like he he's just this overarching like caretaker overseer, yeah. like he loves everyone type thing. But That's he has this like sense his, of duty. I'm just calling him an like, angel. His new nickname is Angel for me. Okay, <laughs> he guys, grew, he grew on me. <laughs> like at first, I was like, oh, this is the annoying uh, comic relief, you know, levity guy that's going to crack dumb jokes. And then, like over time, I started to kind of, kind of dig him a little bit more, and and started to mm-hmm. started to. He's probably, probably the only character besides the little brother that I actually gave a fuck about. I yeah, guess. I definitely didn't want him to die. And then he died and I was kind of yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was really a little bit worried the little brother was going to die. That was the only one that would have affected me, I think. Um but mm-hmm. um yeah. He was awesome. He seriously we, I feel like we should talk about him for a second because I feel like he was the most badass character that you did not expect to be the most badass character. And I feel like you know those people that you like really want to succeed in life, and all, but they like just want you to make them pizza. Yeah, well, I, mean- <laughs> I dated. I've dated those people, <laughs> but like he was awesome. Yeah, there's no way Josh isn't currently a podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that like, character definitely yeah yeah with all with like being in the heavy metal and serial killers and everything mm-hmm. like whatever alternate universe this is he started last podcast on the left yes a hundred percent yeah that's a with great his analogy. aol friends yeah <laughs> talking to listen i've had a lot of creepy chat room conversations that are <laughs> what the very fuck, much Brian? like that back in the day man back in the day asl guys what's up um <laughs> anyway uh yeah so so the one thing i the, the other thing i kind of wrote down that i really liked about 94 versus f- versus 78 um the twist I didn't really know where it was going in the first one. I don't mm-hmm. know. Maybe maybe I was just kind of bought into the whole like, you know, th- this reminded me of, um, you know, how like network TV in the summertime puts on like stupid game shows, you know, like like <laughs> Wipeout and like, uh, yeah. you know, Holy Moly and all this shit that's on like network TV. I don't watch network TV very much at all throughout the year. 
except for in the summertime because it just puts like kind of mindless summertime nonsense on. Dude, this I feel was that. that for me, but in a very positive way. I don't mean that in a derogatory way. It just felt like just very kind of mindless summertime fun watching with ninety four, and maybe that played into <laughs> it. But I really didn't didn't really know. I I just thought it was going to be. After the initial killer, you know, after the kill in the mall and everything, he gets shot in the head. You obviously see the the skull-faced killer after that. Mm-hmm. I just kind of assumed it was going to be a whodunit copycat killer type of thing. Sure. Because yeah. I didn't know anything. I mean, I was a diehard Goosebumps fan and read like dozens of R.L. Stein Goosebumps books back, back in the day. Um, but I never read any of the Fear Street stuff. So I didn't know anything about it. I just thought it was going to be this like, yeah, whodunit type of thing. And it was a copycat killer. So when that twist came and he was the same kid and he had a fucking bullet hole in his head, I I was like, oh, what the fuck is happening? I didn't expect it to go supernatural, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whereas in 78, the big twist was Gillian Jacobs character was Ziggy Mm -hmm. instead of the sister, which they were sent up like that was incredibly predictable in my mind. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't surprised by that at all. No, I was almost like, yeah, everyone was like, I didn't see that coming or I did again, polarizing. It's the nature of fucking the internet and social media. But like, I I was almost like, how did you, how did you not see that coming? They yeah. were laying it in so hard. One person's the main character. One person's not the main character. Obviously she's the fucking main character. The, 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 the girl from Stranger Things. I forget mm-hmm. her name, the redheaded actress from Stranger Things. But. Also, so we, we've gone through this before on previous episodes, but Tele- Timothy Oliphant is your future husband. Brian. Yeah. I mean, um, God willing. Yeah. yeah. If all, if all goes to plan, but, um, Gillian Jacobs. And I is, have a plan. <laughs> don't think I don't have a fucking plan. Don't He'll insinuate be. that. Hey, wait, I don't have wait. A are plan. you going to hit on him in the bath stall and ask him about his dick? Don't is- worry about my plan, Meg. <laughs> don't spoil my plan. I'm on the more podcast, so concerned Meg. about the dick. Don't warn him. Don't warn him. <laughs> I want it to be a surprise. Don't warn Tim. Yeah. But. With that in mind, Gillian Jacobs is my future wife. And <laughs> oh, she's, she's fantastic. Awesome. I f- yeah, I feel you like fall in love with her when, in Community, of course. Right. Yeah. Community, but then uh, Love on Netflix. Oh, yeah, yeah, and then, yeah. yeah. That was actually really good, too. Yeah. I, yeah. I know her most from, from Comedy Bang Bang. She used to be oh, okay. on the po- Comedy Bang Bang podcast, and then I think she was on the show a little bit. But I was like, she's fucking hilarious on old mm-hmm. episodes of Comedy Bang Bang. And I haven't listened to that show in a little while, so she's probably still on it. But she's fucking hilarious. She almost comes off. She's in a like Pittsburgher, the same- too. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah she's yeah. an Upper St. Clair girl. She yeah. also almost like has like the same vibe in a lot of her characters. I mean, obviously, I knew her from like Love and Community. So I like saw that transition. I'm like, okay, I could see the transition from A to B here. Mm-hmm. Um like I, I don't know it's like quirky but also very aggressive in a way like in a good way and right. I, i'm like into it but I, I guess that's also why i wasn't surprised by the the twist of ziggy being gillian jacobs because they, yeah, she yeah. acts very similar yeah mm-hmm. to the way kind of gillian jacobs does you would so. expect it to be her yeah if you know who yeah. that is i i was a little bit like please don't let Gil- this gillian jacobs character which we still don't really know anything about right she just bookend the the 78 episode you don't mm-hmm. really know much about her um but i was like please don't let her be winona Ryder's character from stranger things because <laughs> she uh i, I love winona Ryder she ruined stranger things for me in a lot of ways like i really couldn't stand her character in stranger things you know for whatever reason crucify me if you must but she drove (laughs) me fucking nuts as a character in that movie or i mean in that series i don't know i get what you're probably saying is like the characters like that that are like on edge and 
have like their quirks. They they tend to follow their quirks more than like actual logic. Yeah, and and that's fine. Like I get it. Hey, it's movie logic. I'm not trying to make it real to life or whatever. But I just feel like whenever I think of, do you ever see that meme of of Winona Ryder on stage? receiving a an award and she's she doing that like, puzzled face <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah that like puzzled yeah, yeah. face where she's like twisting her head from side to side i feel like in stranger things that was also her acting style like it was just mm. like huh what i'm i'm scared i'm mad i'm this and she was just like <laughs> this like ball of emotion which i get it if i was in that situation i'm sure i would be it just seemed so I don't know. It just seemed at odds with the rest of the film. We're not talking about Stranger Things, guys. Stop <laughs> making me talk about Stranger Things. Um, Season four is coming back. We'll have plenty of time. <laughs> okay, I'll bring, I'll bring it back because I, I haven't shared this lot. I know we should probably talked about it in text, but I was like, I for this whole series so far, I've like I've like the origin story of it. I like the idea of what's going on. Mm-hmm. I just I just like kept on getting distracted by how much I didn't like the acting and just just how kind of corny at times it became and i'm just like uh this yeah. is a really like if if a different maybe even if it was a different director or maybe maybe if they didn't try to bring so many arlstein roots to it but like hey let's adapt this for that 30 40 year old mm-hmm. who probably actually originally read it but like make it more modern i could have totally seen this going a different way that but that's besides the fact that yeah there were some really cool like brutal murders in it um so i still want to give it credit for that there was some confusion there and i think you hit on an important point that like makes it a little bit disjointed i think there's some other things i liked about things i didn't overall pretty lukewarm but like the one thing i think is they definitely leaned into the yeah young adult uh, imagery, storyline, melodrama, you know, all that sort of thing. So they very much stay true to the the young adult mentality that you would be looking mm-hmm. for, for for something that was based on Fear Street, which is essentially like, yeah, this could be a PG-13 movie, except for there's some violent kills, which add some stakes and some, some kind of uh, intensity to the film. But if that's what you're going for and that's the audience you're going for, why worry so much about keeping it so close to the books that your target audience clearly didn't read? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, So, I don't know. But at the same time, if this does convert, because I clearly can see that, like, it's totally hitting that young audience. Like, it's it's the people who probably don't watch a lot of horror movies, but they hear all their friends talking about yeah, it. Yeah, Netflix horror. Like, That's what Netflix yeah. horror is, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, so like, I'm super down for the idea that maybe that's the gateway drug of choice for horror. Mm-hmm. That'd be fucking awesome. You know, to yeah. get them into... You could do worse, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. I yeah. guess that's, that's my hope for the kids, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like, yeah, Brian's right. It is, it's Netflix horror. Because if you look, look at Netflix, they have like no classic horror. No, it's all original stuff. It's all super sleek. It's all really high production value. Mm-hmm. Or, or I don't want to say high production value. Netflix type production value right. type yeah, of or stuff. Just, or just like the newer of like... Uh, paran- paranormal activity kind yeah, of garbage quiet and shit plays, like that. Yeah. that type of stuff. Yeah. hundred percent. It's it, they're looking there is a specific type of kind of blockbuster horror audience that they're trying to attract with this stuff. And again, you know, uh, you got to keep in mind wh- what the audience they're, they're for what they were trying to accomplish, I think they did a pretty good job. Um mm-hmm. I 
almost I, I'm interested in 1666 to see if they maybe not that you could completely rewrite all the scripts to make it go in reverse, but like it does feel like it's winding down and peaked in the first movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we haven't talked much about 78, so we should probably get into that. But yeah, like, yeah. I feel like it definitely peaked with like the twist in in 94. I kind of didn't see it coming. I like the the supernatural element. I know a lot of people had problems with the the re, the realistic nature of using like uh, the pens or whatever to to bring her back to life after she drowned mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, you know. But she but I gave was, her a lot. Let's be good. That was a lot. Right, but <laughs> that was a that was a lot without even following the the dosage that they tried to follow. Yeah. No, so no, too much. Yeah. The, the, listen, the plan went off the rails, guys. Um, she didn't also didn't anticipate drowning her. Um, right. But in any case, I thought that was kind of cool to like do the because uh, they did a great job of taking it to the point where it felt like it was an insurmountable obstacle mm-hmm. and then taking it to the next level of how they are going to try to 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 circumvent the reality that they're dealing with you know and hey maybe if we kill her and bring her back to life like that dire straits thing but then it, of course it had the uh teen drama mentality of like i don't care what happens i'm still kind of horny you know which like people were people <laughs> Well, we're shit- really. shitting on that in 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 you know comments stuff I saw online like oh really like they would their friend would die and then all of a sudden they're finally like have you seen any of the fucking Friday the Thirteenth franchise yeah. like have you <laughs> right. seen any of have you seen any movie ever like any slasher movie ever that's a slasher trope our friend died but let's fuck you know what I mean it's it's real plain going down mentality yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure for sure that's a great way of putting it so I, I had one note before we kind of move on to 78 um, mm-hmm. I just had one note about the writing in 94 there's a scene where they're in the school bathroom and they lure all of the witches proxy killers which are all the all the monsters that she's you know, created from the past, mm-hmm. they lure them and they decide to set them all on fire. Yeah. And they set them all on fire. They burn them down. And I believe it's Josh. And he says, "Come back from that, motherfuckers!" Right. Oh. Then they start coming back. Why was the line not? Oh shit! These motherfuckers are coming back. <laughs> I know. Come oh, on, man. you have a Such setup. Easy, right? Yeah. There's a beach ball of a punchline hanging in the middle of the room. You're I holding know. a tennis racket. You don't even swing. <laughs> you know what I mean? You whiffed on the easiest line. <laughs> yeah. Take, come back from that, you motherfuckers. Oh shit, these motherfuckers are coming back. And they run away. <laughs> I am so sick of these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. Um, but yeah, it's just listen, say what we're all thinking. You're gonna you're gonna make me happy if you say exactly yeah. what I'm thinking. Um yeah, you know, so overall, you know, the ending, the twist at the end, um, obviously it'll leave you hanging. You know, these are not standalone movies, obviously, because mm-hmm. you would have no fucking idea what's going on at the end of either of them, really. Um, I mean, you kind of have the general idea, but like at the beginning of 90, or at the end of 94, you have no idea what's going on. You know what I mean? You kind of understand there's this witch and you don't really know what Sam um, or Dina did to um, to make Sam possessed by it because you're like. And I still don't understand. So I'm coping for an explanation. There was was Sam just happenstance because she was on the side of the road and she touched or bled on the the bones. Because obviously the um, the the mall boyfriend I forget his name who gets shot in the head 
he's the one that was foretold, if you will, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I think his name's Ryan. I think it's like Ryan Torres. But yeah, the the witch has a bunch of names of like who is the next person she's going to like possess or whatever. And I, and just as a neat like thing in the movie is like you usually see a fly buzz around somebody's head. I saw oh. that. Yeah, that I heard about them. that. I didn't notice it when I watched it. I will, I will not front. I did not notice that at all. But I, I, but I, I, heard I noticed afterwards. it right away on Ryan. Like he's walking away. Oh, on his neck. Yes. Yeah, there's a fly on his neck and he flies away. And I was like, oh, that's weird. I bet yeah. he's, you know, possessed or whatever. He's gonna- you knew he was up to something. <laughs> but I, I, I had no, for whatever reason, I was going in because maybe some of the promos I saw or imagery. I thought this was just going to kind of be a paint by numbers twisty teen slasher mm-hmm. i really for whatever reason i was not ready for paranormal mm-hmm. um so so it worked on me i don't know yeah. um again low expectations make all the difference uh as i've told everyone i've ever been with romantically <laughs> um so sorry i just started throwing out fucking jeff foxworthy jokes about, i don't know that was a very hacky fucking joke dude right i there, was but. also thinking it though i yeah same brand of space. <laughs> but but back to your point originally of like why is Sam the the next possessed one? That mm-hmm. doesn't make a whole lot of sense yet. Yeah. I, ho- I no, hope it doesn't. They, I hope they wrap it up in 1666 cuz it's like Sarah, uh-huh. Sarah Fear has a plan. She mm-hmm. etches people's fucking name on the stone and then that's the person that, you know, whatever. Um, but then you yeah. are my puppets. Yeah. <laughs> but then freaking uh, uh, Sam is almost just like by happenstance. And it's like she bled on the hand or she touched the hand because there's a thing about nosebleeds. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but like, there's why did connection. Dina get a nosebleed in the school bus before she right. fucked up and dropped the bucket on the car, which well, made them crash? They did just say that when she's around, that you'll get like you can get a nosebleed. I don't have their correct verbiage on it, oh, but I do remember okay. them saying it. So You're like, right. so like, I don't know, but it also it still doesn't totally connect all the dots because you would think then everyone would have gotten. Yeah, a why is just those people? Right, but I do remember that quote. You're genetically predisposed to witch bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, oh, guys. Oh, that's what they call it. Witch bleeding, band name, album name, something. <laughs> TM, guys. Yo, guys, I'm TM. learning how to scream right now, and that's going to be my new hardcore band name. <laughs> Witch bleed. Witch bleeding. <laughs> but it's like, uh, I guess they were driving past the grave site, so that yeah. could have been, you know, but why just Dina? I don't know. Right. I don't, yeah, hopefully right. it'll get right. explained. Yeah, like the, um, that is a little weird because she didn't. Um, Sam's like the main chick, right? That we're talking. No, about. that's Dina. Sam okay, is Dina, her yeah. girlfriend who okay. moved to the other. So, town. but Dina saw the witch stuff, though, if I remember correctly. Didn't she also just like randomly get the visions? Because I feel like I remember this. Please confirm. No, or deny. are you thinking about the sister in '78? No, no. She, no uh, Dina got the visions at the end of '78. Yeah, yes, that's what at I the thought. End because she came yeah. in contact with Sam. Yeah, because right. well, right. no, and she bled on the hand. Oh, she bled on the okay. hand. That's right. right cool. I forgot. I wasn't crazy. No, you're right. I completely <laughs> right. forgot she bled on the hand. Yeah. So they're both kind of now. Uh, uh, so I'm curious what in some capacity. Yeah, like something will probably happen from that. But again, the town's cursed. Everyone's they fucked. Everyone's gonna die. Guys, they got a lot of explaining to do. Wrap it up. Wrap it up, (laughs) y'all.
they got a lot of splaining to so do. So do we want to talk about 78? Because I feel like we have talked so much about 94 yeah, at let's, this point. We probably should be a, should a little bit. But um, I, I would say two, two things I took overall from 78. One, the twist we talked about, not surprising at all. So that kind of made me not like it quite as much. Um, I also thought it dragged a lot more than mm. 94. Mm-hmm. The yeah, pacing yeah. was so manic. It was so up and down, so up and down. And 94 struggled by that a little bit, but I almost was just like, yeah, that's how Netflix paces shows and movies. Mm-hmm. Like they have this habitual thing. And I don't know if maybe it's something that like, you know, God knows they've probably done some un unbelievable amount of market research on this and maybe it's okay but maybe other people it doesn't bother them as much but this like up and down pacing where Mm -hmm. it's like it drags and loses me then it does something to really back in then it drags Mm -hmm. and loses you it's just like it's Mm -hmm. such a bizarre pacing structure and in 78 was even worse it it honestly you know what you're just saying this and I'm just coming up with this theory. Yeah. But it might be built in screen time for you to look at Instagram and bullshit. Oh, that's see that's oh, what I was shit, kind of dude. that's I I yeah, mm. you're probably right. It's like Boring, people boring, boring. don't pay attention to movies anymore. Shit. They yeah. need time to look at their phone. Um so yeah, that's a great point. You, I wouldn't be surprised. Or they make you want to look at your phone because it's so fucking boring. <laughs> yeah, they want w- you to tweet and Instagram about it. <laughs> yeah, please. This is, why don't they just put up on the screen, tweet about us right now. Here's our fucking handles, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. It, It's not something that I think affects us as much because we are used to watching movies all the way through and being attention to them. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, I'm sure we all look at our phones and stuff. But mm-hmm. I feel like maybe generations younger than us, they I might mean, they I, might have it, that built in need to just. It it depends on the movie for me because if a movie is is great because I'm listen I'm attached to my phone just as much as anybody like I'm always checking fucking Instagram and everything like all the time, but if I am sucked into a movie like last night I watched Alligator. Bad example, but I was really into Alligator. I hadn't watched it in a long time. It was just, it was hitting me perfect. And I'm watching Alligator. And I swear I didn't look at my phone the whole time. I was mm. I was in it. But during, especially 78, yeah, I was almost, I was on my phone constantly. I mean, I was taking mm-hmm. notes, obviously, for the show and stuff. But yeah, it was just like, I'll give you an example. Towards the end, when the sister who you think is Gillian Jacobs' character, but you turn out it's not, um, is in the the pit of if you will or what was it more like a cave that ended up you know going up through the the the, the outhouse or the or the the latrine there or whatever yeah, yeah. um she is having that kind of final monologue uh for whatever reason with the the kind of punk girl mm-hmm. you know what i'm talking about yeah like yeah. that just s- slowed things to an absolute fucking screeching stop for me yeah, i don't know yeah. did it was that the case with you I, I i just like that's a great example of just like that character was cool like you know the punk or whatever she mm-hmm. was kind of like the, the the badass or whatever and she ended up you know redeeming herself in in a some way but she ultimately ended up just kind of getting killed unceremoniously I, I just well i feel like the thing with, with like her character and like their whole situation that also i felt like was a bit pointless was that 
uh, what was it like? You have like th- three options or something like you have three questions to ask. And I was just mm-hmm. like, they never, ever brought it back. I felt like to what it meant. And it felt like just like a kind of like a pointless thing for them to include because mm-hmm. you know what? She's a punk rock chick. She just tell her to go fuck off in my opinion, you know, yeah. but as well, like, why did it take the sister and uh, now we know a Ziggy I uh, mm. was trying to like rescue them how does she all of a sudden think about I feel like again it goes back to slowing it down that like okay here's this trauma now I have an idea that oh my gosh maybe there's a map out of here and she like that yeah you know versus yeah I can definitely understand and see like one of my biggest takeaways and not to deter from where we can come back is just like I think the murders in 78 were just really good and that was probably the only big takeaway that it took from it, but it felt slow and um boring I like I like the 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 veracity in which he swung the axe yeah <laughs> you know what I mean yes. like, it was high energy it was super like kinetic swings yeah very violent in the way he swung even when he was like in the first one when he was chopping at a door or something mm-hmm. like that I was yeah. excited for 78 because I was like dude is crazed and athletic and violent and scary you know I, almost, what I, mean? I almost think about it like you know when we see zombie films where the zombies are slower versus faster and now we mm. have these murderers who we know are just possessed and they're just all of a sudden just really fucking intense and you're just like okay i, I don't know if i'm ready for this right now but uh mm-hmm. you you just have to be yeah yeah the the baghead do you guys do you guys i i i liked that it was definitely like an homage to jason and i'm and, Thank God they didn't put a fucking hockey mask on him. That's that's great. Like they were slightly less heavy-handed than that, and they didn't make him a big like a big guy or anything. He was just like an average guy. Um, but uh, I don't know. How'd you feel about the the baghead uh, reference? It it didn't do anything for me, especially because. I don't know. I don't think he could even see through that kind of bag. I just again, I feel like it was forced. Well, his head got cut off, didn't it? Mm, so no. wasn't that like replacing his? Like mm-hmm. when he put it on, didn't ultimately his no 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 I'm no, sorry no, no, I, no. I'm, I'm getting confused yeah, yeah yeah no the the head chopping off it, it did get cut off at the end yeah, yeah. The, so like I get it in the future life. he will then have the that's what I guess that's what I was getting yeah. at like he he his head didn't cut cut off when he put the bag on his head but it was a um now it's almost a headless horseman type situation right. yeah, yeah. crane situation where like his head did get cut off ultimately so now in the future when he comes back to terrorize people in 94 the the bag is his head you right. know of, of sorts no, but so. didn't like that bag was put over his head to try to kill him initially right. yes yeah, yeah, it, yeah it was and put I just, over like, his head to kill him was, or distract him or whatever right and that was to me again one of those things that was really forced and corny that i'm like okay now that he's possessed all of a sudden now the bag is part of his being that i i feel like as a character as a um a murderous character it was very horrifying but how they decided to set that up i felt was it was kind of cheesy you had to have a mask though because you couldn't you you couldn't know who he was because then it would have ruined the surprise of it hey it's the boyfriend yeah, who, yeah. well you kind of knew you didn't know what you didn't know he was going to be a significant character until the nurse attacked him mm-hmm. then you're like mm-hmm. oh he's he's a marked guy which guy uh, answer me this i i missed this but I heard somebody say, or I read somebody say something on social media about the nurse who attacks the guy who's ultimately the the axe killer. The nurse was the mother of the girl from the first movie who is like the kind of 
with um, the razor blade teeny bo- teeny boppy teeny bopper razor blade girl yeah did they say that did yeah, i yeah, miss yeah. that okay i yeah, just yeah. totally missed that, that. I, they they said it in such a way but yeah they um because i believe you see her name first on the wall mm-hmm. and then they say her name but they never reference I mean, it's it's a it's a vague reference. It's not gotcha. It, yeah, but it's yeah. more of a world building thing than mm-hmm. a plot point. Yeah, yeah. I just was really hoping that Jason Alexander was going to show up at some point. <laughs> Stop never trying happened. to have Jason Alexander show. <laughs> How great would that have been if they were just like in the you know they were having that really serious or after even better after the nurse attacked him and they're just like stunned. And then Jason Alexander pops. He's like, oh, where's the spermicide? <laughs> like, how great would that have been? Just add I, a little levity. Come I was, on. I was waiting for Shears to come out at some point. <laughs> you know, Brian, like, listen, Netflix seri- can, afford, can afford Jason Alexander. I have, a, I have a serious comment for you. Brian, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you need to move on. Wait, and I thought this was going to be like from last episode where you were like, Brian, incoming. I'm about to swear. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, so here's one other thing. Um, and, and before we kind of get towards wrapping it up here, but, um, so in the first movie, it is very much established that the killers go after, you know, the marked person, if you will, so much so that they actually put some of Sam's blood, like on their shirts or whatever, Mm -hmm. uh, when they're in the grocery store. So, and even like the one I forget which character it is, doesn't have the blood on them, Sam's blood on them. Um, bec- uh, and, and, the, and, the, and the proxy killers or whatever just run right past them, right? Almost like they can't see them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. W- why in the... <sighs> okay, I'm kind of working inside my head. I was going to say, why in the second movie does, does the killer not seem to have any con- any concern about who he kills? But I guess though that's the initial that's the initial massacre not really though no i i feel like maybe like okay one idea because it could be just i'm actually i was thinking first like oh sisters are blood and but that's the only kill that that would like account for (laughs) yeah like okay maybe they share similar blood but is it like when they come back like when they come back after being killed no it just it it doesn't make any sense I'll, I'll just yeah. tell you right now, it doesn't make any sense because <laughs> because in 1994, Steve with the hammer, boom. I'll just, I'll just don't stop. make sense, bro. I'll just, I'll just stop. stop all, shut, shut it. Shut up. It doesn't make yeah. sense. I'll just stop all this conjecture. <laughs> it does make sense because in 1994, where they're using the blood as the lore, and then you see times where the axe man you know runs past. Yeah. Uh, but earlier in the film, Simon is just on the street by himself. And he gets attacked mm. by Razorblade Girl. Sure. That's true. And he's yeah. not marked. Because yeah, I was going to say, maybe after they're marked, like it's after the initial death, like after the initial massacre. And at that point, when he's killing everybody, Axe Guy's killing everybody, he's still mid, mid-berserker mid mode yeah. massacre. But then Let's you have, even you back have... that up to the first killing. Where was the continuity with that one? Well, what do you mean? So, so like Maya, Haw- she... Maya Hawk's character might have been marked but that still doesn't make sense because right. they found a body in the food court yeah that's what i'm saying i don't think she was marked i think she was just part of the massacre yeah. so like every 30 years is a massacre right um and Sh- maya hawk's character was just part of the mall massacre the the kids in the bunk that he axes up they're just part of the initial massacre mm-hmm. and then after they're killed because he is 
killed ultimately, or you're 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 meant to believe he's killed. He's laying there on the ground. Then he comes back. Then they operate under the rules of the proxy killers. Well, let's let's make make this thought then. then but you're maybe, right, Steve. May- the, the the blade person doesn't make any sense. Well, this might even explain it. Is like maybe the blood thing was just the kids' theory. Again, talking about kids with the egos are like we gotta figure it out. We gotta but it wear. Worked. Bl- yeah. It, yeah, it, it did work because yeah. it, because it also contrasts the Ugh. fact that the axe man runs past them in yeah. earlier. All right, maybe now it's I'm just because he has a bag on his head. Maybe he just has a bag on his head. Imagine what that does to your field of vision. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> your field of vision is all fucked up with a bag on your head. Yeah, it, I it, know from experience. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Nothing. Moving on. <laughs> It's a broken system, but whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we're giving we're, we're we're picking apart something that probably isn't designed to be picked apart this much. Like, but, um, like I said, we're 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 giving this a lot of energy right listen, now, y'all. It's an edgy you know? PG thirteen horror for young <laughs> adults, guys. It did fine. Last not- I checked, I am reverse age plus two. Okay, yeah, bro? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they can't show actual kids getting killed. They have to do all that off camera. That's why it's they, edgy PG-13. It's like, yeah, it's like 16 in Australia. I don't know whatever. if I would want a 13. <laughs> right. No, actually, I mean, I'm like PG-13. This movie is like pretty brutal, but I kind of appreciate where PG-13 is going. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, they the, the people who loved it and said it was the next coming of of, you know, a cl- it's a, I literally heard someone say it's the best um, slasher movie they've seen in 30 years. And I said, you're dumb and don't watch enough movies. And then to, pe- <laughs> to people who say um, it's the worst piece of shit whoever that ever existed. Uh, you know, it's it's listen, know your audience. And, and this movie obviously knows its audience. So yeah. um, what it sounds like we've landed on is. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I'm fine. Glad Watch we it. It's fine. An hour it's talking fine. on it. It's, it's fine. It's okay. Hey, it's better episode, Steve. <laughs> it's not Fear Street, you know, mini so. It's <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Look, it's the, fine. The Calm people down. needed to know more human than human came out in 1995 <laughs> and fire starting years from 96. <laughs> if there's something we can if there's one thing we can communicate, it's that those are the wrong years. Here's the other thing I was really hoping for and it didn't happen was yeah firestarter you know there was white zombie there was all this this stuff in there i was just waiting for like a little uh at the end credits hit how bizarre how bizarre <laughs> oh my god <laughs> just some omc just i feel like that would have been a great opening loop. song mm-hmm. honestly would have been a great opening song or some Sugar Ray, something a little softer, guys. Stop being so aggro. Hey, yeah. hey, hey! I still, at this point, my bar is uninvited, and this one surpassed it. So again, Brian, I'm going to swear. Fuck you, still. I'm still <laughs> and angry. Once about again, it. fuck you. Um, so, well, any final thoughts on on Fear Street, 1994 and 1978? Before we part ways, it's fun. Watch it, uh, but don't have high expectations. No. Yes. Ninety-four low expectations, liked it's it. Seventy-eight, fine. slightly higher expectations. Wasn't crazy. I really hope for this like super Norwegian black metal brutality to sixteen sixty-six, and I'm putting that in my brain right now. So yeah. if it doesn't have witch, witch vibes, then I'm fucking done. I, I, I think you're overselling I it for hate you. To say you're probably going to be disappointed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> guys, <laughs> stop ruining my life. You're, this you're, is it's not going to be Hagazusa, no matter how much you want it to be. It's <laughs> not going to be you're it's not going to be the witch the fact that you just said you're trying to put norway 
Norwegian black metal vibes into this <laughs> American Puritan cult. Yeah, it's not going to work. These are just my these are just my normal descriptive words. You know what, though? Meg, I would not be surprised if we do see some sort of, uh, yeah, black metal style use of like a uh, an animal skull, uh, because that just feels like a direction they would oh, yeah. go to make yeah. it edgy PG-13. I'll be sure um, to have like a skull next to me, a deer skull. Only have a deer yeah, just deer skull. surround I don't yourself people. with your skulls. You'll get, you'll get some goat skulls. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, 94 and 78, I think, are they're both fine gateway drugs. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like has already been said, but I'm mm. interested in 1666 because a, they can't lean on the music. I'm very interested to see what they yeah. do there. Again, Are they going to put some like metal. loot shit in there? Some, <laughs> yeah. some hot, hot loot tracks from yeah. 1660. But you know what? If they do. And those motherfuckers are from 1668. I'm gonna be furious. Furious. It'd be so good. That's what I call 1660. That's the that's the um, the CD. For those of you who are much much younger than me, they had a series of CDs called "That's What I Call Music" and "That's What I Call the 90s." I'm pretty sure it still exists. And that's the joke. And now that I'm describing the joke, it's gonna be much funnier. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. Yeah. I have a friend who specifically likes explaining jokes because she thinks it's funnier. <laughs> that's what I call 1660. If that's not a CD. But I'm also interested because they show kind of in the preview that they bring back all the actors from the previous two sets. I'm interested to see if they go back in time or if it's just uh, something that represents their lineage or right. something like that. You yeah. know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe this will be some like Philip K. Dick thing, and then everyone will just be on different, uh, like time. <laughs> Everyone's existing on different planes. And, yeah. yeah, everybody's in a different matrix. I'm bed laughing because that was the stupidest thought I could have had, but I wanted to. Exist. Oh my god! If speaking of matrix, I just heard matrix. I immediately thought of like if the end of this movie is just like somehow everything fades to green ones and zeros, I will be so happy and i will forever praise <laughs> but it'll have slime it'll have slime because no. <laughs> they'll give that throwback to rl stein it'll that's yeah. what it'll have <laughs> oh my god if at the end the dog there's a dog and he has the eyes like the beginning of the, the goosebumps tv series and he's like woof 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 uh, it actually it actually ends like the spawn tv series from hbo with rl stein himself writing the book <laughs> <laughs> I'm he pretty finishes sure the last thing he pulls it out of the typewriter and it flies out the window and the the spooky music plays mm-hmm. guys yeah. I'm pretty sure that we are just rewriting this movie and it's way more interesting than hey, what Netflix. we watched hey Netflix, Netflix open your eyes you bitches <laughs> We're listen here. to our podcast sponsor us. us I'm available <laughs> oh well this this was fun um, I, I, I've never had so much fun chatting about two thoroughly mediocre movies um <laughs> but uh yeah so so we'll be back at you next monday with uh with another episode another mini sode and uh yeah it's been a lot of fun once again if you don't follow us already 
on the social medias. Hit us up on at Halloween is Forever on Instagram, at Hallow Forever on Twitter, Halloween is Forever podcast on Facebook, or Halloween is Forever pod at Gmail if you want to shoot one of them emails. And then, um, oh, we haven't ever said this before, and a couple people did already, so thank you. But if you haven't, and you feel so inclined, if you're digging the show, like I said, we've got a, a big influx of listeners recently because some some cool people are sharing our stuff on the interwebs. Uh, shoot us a little, do, do one of them reviews. Um, I, I hear that's a good thing for podcasts. I don't fucking know. But I think if you put a five-star review and say, hey, I like this and these guys are cool in the comments on, uh, you know, Apple, you know, podcasts or whatever, I think more people will hear us. So give that a try if you haven't already. A couple people already have without us asking, which is super nice. But otherwise, besides that, uh, for Halloween's Forever, I'm Brian. I'm Megan. I'm Steve. All right, bye.